Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. I gotta tell you that today is called You Pick the Struggle, all right? So we went on social media, thank you to Melissa. Uh, she helped us do some surveys, and we surveyed because we talked about a lot of struggles, and there's a lot more struggles that we could line up. We could be talking about struggles till next year, all right? But we're going to move on.com because Pastor Darren is coming here next week, and so we're going to put an end to our talks on struggle. And so I said, you know, out of all these struggles that we need to talk about, what one have we not covered that needs to be talked about? So we did these surveys and survey said, we need to talk about health struggles today. And so some of you have been battling some health issues. Family members have been battling health issues. We're gonna, we're gonna tackle that. But one of the things that I hope you took away for those of you that have been with us several weeks is that everybody struggles. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor right now and say, I have struggles. Go ahead and just tell them, confess it. And you can look back at them and say, I already knew that. But you can say back to him, I have them too, all right? And, and here's the idea. God wants us to realize and understand that even though we have struggles, that he is bigger than our struggle. That he doesn't want us living life overcome by the struggle. He wants us leaning into him and depending on him and letting us allow him to be an overcomer in the midst of whatever the struggle is. He wants you to be an overcomer, not to be overcome. When it comes to health issues, I think all of us can relate. And one thing we know about our human bodies, they're very resilient. But on the flip side of that, they're also very fragile. And a lot of us have walked through journeys either, either, either with our own situation or a family member's situation where there was a, a disease 
there was something that was there that just completely uh, derailed the family. And you had to walk through, through that space. But I think even if it hasn't maybe been a big deal with your family, we can all relate to some kind of a health struggle, whether it's uh, maybe a sickness, maybe a broken bone, some stitches. How many of you have had stitches in your life? Come on. How many had stitches before the age of four? Wow, you guys are the risk takers in the house. Mama couldn't keep track of you. You were just into stuff and they just couldn't stop you. But I started thinking about this because there is this thing that I've witnessed in the church and I've been a part of the church for a long time. So even though we're a new church plant, I'm not a new pastor. My wife and I have been leading a thriving, life-giving church in Las Vegas for the last 10 years before God called us into this new church experience called Atmosphere Church. And one thing I hear over and over and over again is I just think that because I'm living a godly life that I shouldn't have any health struggles. Like, it's like, shouldn't God kind of give me the immunity card and that I should, you know, because I'm a good man, I'm a good woman, and we're a good family, shouldn't, you know, we should be bypassed from any kind of health struggles, and why is it I have this chronic hip pain and back pain, and, and you, know, I, you know, I worship the Lord daily, I pray, I ask God to invite him into my day every day, but yet it just doesn't seem like that escapes me from these health issues. I want to take you to an Old Testament story today because one of the goals that I had for you in this series was to show you that you're not alone in your struggle and that even back in biblical times there were characters that had struggles and today I want to look at a king of Judah named Hezekiah who had a health struggle in his life. Now what's neat about Hezekiah and what's good about us covering this story is Hezekiah was a king that was kind of known, he had a legacy of being one of the most, if not the most, godly king in all of Judah. Hezekiah was the man. I mean, all of these other kings, if you study biblical history and look at Israel and Judah and you look at all their kings, there were some bad kings in the heritage and the history of Israel. But Hezekiah, he was a godly man. Matter of fact, it says in, in uh, Kings in chapter 18, if, uh, I don't know if I, I put that scripture up there. Do you have the chapter 18 scripture? It's not up there. Well, in chapter 18, it talks about the fact that he was one of the greatest kings that was there. But let me tell you uh, from chapter 20 here what this looks like. It says, about that time, Hezekiah, who was king, became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. And he gave the king this message. Now, this is Isaiah he has a whole book of the Bible, right? This is the same guy. He says, this is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. Now, nobody likes that word of the Lord. Hezekiah's like, what? I'm a godly guy. What are you talking about, Isaiah? Go away. No, he, he says this. He says, you will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and pray to the Lord. So what he said, he says, Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, 
This message came to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, and tell him this. He says, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer and I've seen your tears. I will heal you and three days from now you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will rescue you and the city from the king of Assyria. I will defend the city for my own honor and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, make an ointment from figs. So Hezekiah's servant spread the ointment over the boil and Hezekiah recovered. This is a remarkable story. I mean, it started off pretty bad. Hey, I hate to tell you this, Hezekiah, but I talked to God today and you're gonna die. And Hezekiah said, what? And he goes and he prays and somewhere between leaving Hezekiah's quarters and into the area of the outer court, the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of Isaiah and says, hey, go back in there because I'm going to do something different with Hezekiah. The only thing that happened from the time that Isaiah pronounced that over Hezekiah and the time that Isaiah came back was prayer and a lot of tears. And I don't know if you've ever hit a health issue that just buckled your knees and caused you to cry. But I've been there. I've been there on just not for my own sake, but for the sake of my family. My father-in-law was diagnosed with leukemia in 1997. He was only 47 years old, my age. And I'll never forget that phone call my wife took. And we're really super close to my wife's dad. He is the pastor at our Bakersfield church. He kind of you know, wasn't just my father-in-law, he was my spiritual father. And so my wife is on the phone with him and he tells her that the doctor in Santa Barbara gave him three to five years to live. And she just started, I've never heard my wife cry like that. She started wailing. And I didn't know what was going on because I only hear her on the phone and, you know, of course I just kind of knew it wasn't good news. And uh, fast forward, um, I uh, was born with scoliosis, pretty bad case. You guys probably can't see. If you look really close, you can. Now all you guys are going to be looking at me, saying. But here's the thing about scoliosis. It's hereditary. So my daughter actually got a worse case than I did. And a couple of years ago, we were at that borderline place of, is she going to have to have surgery to correct her curve, or is she going to be able to live the rest of her life? And, and what's sad about scoliosis is, not only are you not a uniform-looking person, you know, because you, you have this, this curve in your spine, but you live with chronic pain because your, your body's having, your muscle tissue is having to adapt to this curve that's not supposed to be there. And, and so we've wrestled with that. I've prayed and asked God to straighten her spine. We've had her prayed over. And so I don't give this message from a place of indifference. I, I give you this message because I've walked in the shoes of health struggles. We laid my mom to rest in 2013 from a long battle of Alzheimer's. And I was by her bed when she took her last breath on this earth. And I'll tell you, I've dealt with a lot of diseases as a pastor and I've been to the hospital countless times and I've seen just horrendous things as far as people and things that they've dealt with with health but nothing in my mind is worse than Alzheimer's. 
you watch somebody that you love completely deteriorate until there's pretty much nothing left of their mind. It's horrible. So as we talk about health struggles, I know this is real for all of us. And here's a godly man, Hezekiah. And he cried out saying, God, I want to live. I don't want to die yet. I still want to see my, my grandkids. And, and there's still work to be done for your kingdom. God, you can't take me. And something about those tears and something about that prayer caused God to move and gave him 15 extra years. But you may be where I'm at in a place of indifference going, I cried out to God. I had tears. How come God didn't meet me and give me 15 more years? How come God didn't deliver me in my pain? And we want to talk about this this morning. Because I've been telling you the prescriptions that God has to allow us to be overcomers in our struggle instead of being overcome by our struggle. We've been given God prescriptions. And I got another prescription for you today so that we can walk through the health struggle that you're dealing with, that your family may be dealing with, so it can make more sense and you can know how to turn this thing over to God more than maybe when you did when you came in here. And I understand some of you, you may not be walking with God. But hopefully by the service, you will understand that God wants a personal relationship with you, not so that you can just go to heaven when you die, so that you can experience heaven while you live. And today, I hope that we're going to be able to experience some heaven in here today, as I've been praying over the service today, that God would do an outpouring of healing over some of you that have some health struggles that God wants to deliver supernaturally this morning. Sarah, is this that kind of church? Yeah, this is the kind of church. I said we're a God-loving, Jesus-living, spirit-driven church. Say that, say that ten times fast. That's the kind of church we are. Now, I, just ha- I have to put this up there just so you guys can, can kind of see the formula for what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about proactive care. And we're going to talk about perspective. That's my friend Scotty. It's one of his favorite words. And it's a good word, Scotty. And we're going to talk about it in a minute, but let's talk about prayer for a minute. Because the Bible tells us that prayer is powerful and effective, able to accomplish great things. And even though maybe we read this in the Bible, and even though we've heard countless sermons about prayer, I don't know what it is, but I talk to so many believers who are just apathetic when it comes to this idea of a personal prayer life. And maybe it's because you don't fully understand what it is, what you're supposed to be doing in prayer, what the expectation is supposed to be out of prayer. But let me give you the scripture from the book of James, chapter 5. This is New Testament. So this is James, and he's kind of you know, laying it out for us about this idea of healing. He says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church. That's the leaders of the church to come and pray over you anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. There's something about prayer that releases the supernatural in the midst of physical struggle. 
There's something about prayer. When, when we call on God to get involved in whatever physically we're struggling with, whatever physically maybe our family members or, or people that we love are struggling with, there's something about prayer that unleashes heaven into the midst of it. And God is capable of supernaturally healing people. And there are doctrines out there, and there, are, there is theology that is being preached in churches today that preaches that God stopped moving in this way. I want to tell you clearly that our church does not believe that. Our church clearly believes, scripturally as well as experientially, that Jesus is still healing people today just as he did when he walked this earth 2,000 years ago. Now, we read it in our Bibles. We just read it right here. But I, I've got to tell you from firsthand experience that God heals people supernaturally, unexplainable. Doctors mystified. We don't know what happened. I have countless stories. I was preparing my notes this week going, man, what? I want to, I want to give my highlight reel, like all the miracles. And my, my brain started getting over, you know, like flooded over with all of these experiences that I've had that have really been uh, just beyond words, beyond anything I could ask or imagine. My first experience as a pastor, praying for somebody that was divinely, supernaturally healed, was a man that came up to me after a service. I was a young pastor. I was probably doing youth ministry at the time. And, and he had a bad liver. And the liver was so bad that the doctor was saying, hey, you're going to have to get a transplant. He was on a list, a donor list, and he was just waiting in line. And so I said, man, I, I know that God heals. Has anybody prayed over your liver? And he said, no. And so I laid hands and I prayed over his liver. And I can't say I felt any weird feelings. I can't say that there was just, you know, he, he just fell over or anything kind of weird happened. It was just a simple prayer. And I said, we got to pray because this is what God commands us to do. And so I prayed over him, and I just left it and didn't really honestly think anything more about it until he came and visited me the next week. He, he found me. I was doing something. He came and found me, and tears flowing down his eyes. He says, Pastor, I went back to the doctor this week for a follow-up. They ran all these tests. They can't find anything wrong with my liver. They said my liver completely looks like a 20-year-old man's liver. It has no damage. It has no thing. Like they, they, they gave me a clean bill of health and said, you're fine. You, you don't need a new liver. You have a, a great liver. And he asked for an explanation and they said, we don't have one for you other than something happened and your body fixed it. And he's crying and he's like, pastor, what do you think? I go, what do I think? I mean, you got healed, bro. That's what I think. Two years ago, uh, a friend of my son's came up to me, and I was about ready to minister to the college ministry at our, at our Bakersfield church, and uh, this kid's pretty close to our family. And uh, he came up to me, and he was crying, and I said, what's wrong? And he said, I just got back from the doctor two hours ago, and he had been in an, an auto accident. And so he was doing some brain scans because he, um, uh, he had a concussion in the accident. And so they did this MRI, but in the MRI they found a large growth, a tumor in his brain. And he had been having some blackout sessions, and so he knew something was wrong, and he had never been diagnosed like this. And, and they looked at the results and scans and, and said, we're, we're going to have to biopsy this, and we're going to have to find out if this is cancer because it seems pretty um, aggressive. And so he didn't know what to do. I was 
the second person he had told this news to. The first one was his best friend. And I'm about ready to speak to these kids. And here's this guy telling me this story. And I said, let's pray right now. And I laid hands on his head and I started praying for him. Now this time I felt something. I don't always feel something, but this time I felt something. I laid my hands on his head and my hand began getting really, really hot. And I knew he was feeling it. And so we got done praying. I'm crying. He's crying. I said, God just moved. And I said, there's no other explanation than, hey, we'll just see what happens. And maybe we need to pray multiple times over this thing. But, man, we just hugged it out. And, and I went and did my message. And, and uh, he was scared. And, and, and then the news broke. And he started telling everybody. And then the church prayed. And, and he went back to the doctor two weeks later so they can biopsy this tumor. They did all the same scans. They did all the same tests. And they came back to him and they said, and they even put the two images together side by side. And they said, this is clearly there. And the image that we took today is clearly gone. They said, and they, they did a side by side. And they said, we don't know if this is an error in the scanner. We'll just chalk it up. There's something weird in the scanner. And so it's gone. So you're fine. You, there's no follow-up. There's no biopsy that needs to be done because there's clearly nothing there. He has not had one episode of fainting or anything since that day that we prayed over him. And now the MRI <laughs> confirmed that the tumor completely was removed. Okay? So this happened. Now, let me tell you, two weeks before that, I'm praying. I'm at a conference and it was a healing conference, and I haven't really ever attended a healing conference, but this conference speaker was up there. And, uh, you know, I was kind of skeptical because uh, I, I just, I, I've been exposed to certain elements of the church, that there are certain elements of the church that have, have really kind of been too weird and out there for me. And so I kind of came in there really going, I don't know about this. And I've seen people do weird things in the church, and so I'm over there going, what's going to happen you know, and, and so I'm there very skeptical, and I came with my brother, my, my actual brother, and he was sitting next to me, and he came in there. He had hurt his knee. He's a referee for football, and he had hurt his knee about a month before that, and it was messed up. He thought he t tore his ACL, and so he actually fell coming into the building. He, like, we had to catch him, and so he's sitting there. He has his leg sprawled out. He's a six-foot-four tall guy, and, and, and the, the speaker said, Hey, I want, I'm not here to say I'm the healer guy. I want to say that God's our healer. And so find somebody that needs some prayer around you for something that's going on in their body. And I look over at my brother, and I'm convicted because my brother had been like this for a month, and I hadn't even offered to pray for him. I'm like, I'm such a dummy. Like, I'm the pastor brother. I should be praying for my bro. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I go, here I am. I'm just like, dude, sorry, man. You're hurt. Guess you're not going to be a referee anymore. So, so I, 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 lay, I lay my hands on his knee. And I just was obedient to, and the speaker was saying, hey, pray over somebody. And he's sitting down, and I just said, Father, I just pray for my brother's knee, and I'm convicted because I haven't prayed for him. But, Lord, right now I ask in this space, in this place, that, God, you would correct anything wrong that is wrong with his knee, and that, God, you restore him and restore this knee in the name of Jesus. Knee completely be restored. I pray in the name of Jesus that everything would be made right that is wrong. And as I'm praying the simple prayer, there's cracking, there's popping, and I look up at him. I'm like, are you doing that? And he's crying. And he says, I'm not doing any of that. And I 
physically felt his knee being repaired by the Holy Spirit. And I'm getting hit right now just retelling the story because it's true. I'm not exaggerating this. I'm not trying to make this bigger than what it, what it was. I'm just, I'm here to tell you that God is still healing people today. You know, after that moment, my brother got up, started jumping up and down. I was like, bro, be careful. Like, I didn't even believe in my own prayer. I'm like, don't, don't do that. He went back to the doctor the next week and he, and he did all these, like, you know, tests, physical tests. And the doctor said, you're fine, man. Your knee completely is good. And you don't, and he went back refereeing the next week and has had not, not had a problem with his knee since. That problem with his foot. And I prayed over that. But, but his knee is completely fine. I've prayed over a couple of people, even Sean's mom this week, that had a, a, a situation in, in her life. And I went to the hospital and prayed for her immediately. The, the pressure that was in uh, her chest left and it lifted. And I'm not saying that she's divinely healed, but I, all I have to say, and the, the whole point of this is that God moves within our prayers. And you have not because you ask not. And I don't know, you've been moved to the point of tears saying, God, I want you and I need you to move on my behalf or my, the behalf of my family. But I want to give you faith today that your prayer is effective and it's powerful. And don't ever doubt it. You just are, you know, just be obedient and go out there and do what God has called you to do. Now, just like God moves supernatural in healing, he also moves supernatural in the hearing. And this is a point that doesn't get preached a lot. And this is what happens to Hezekiah. Notice Isaiah says, go and put the ointment on the boil. Now, Bible scholars don't know exactly what Hezekiah's illness was. Some believe it was some kind of a staph infection. Others believe it was some kind of a tumor. But it's some kind of a growth on his body. That some fig ointment, which back in first century times, or back in, in not first century, but even before that, they used the fig ointment as almost like we use, uh, you know, uh, uh, Icy Hot or, you know, some of the other things that we use to kind of treat aches and pains. And so they put this fig ointment on his boil and it completely removed it. And that came from hearing from God, put this ointment on there. And I've got to tell you that when we move in prayer, to lift up our health struggles, we got to be listening to God because there may not be necessarily a, a divine thing where God just completely removes the issue, but there may be some divine revelation on how you're to treat that issue so that it is removed. It's in hearing from the Lord that we hear what doctor to go to. It's in hearing from the Lord about what medicine or medication to take or what medicine or medicine not to take. So you go to, into a, a doctor that may not be a believer in Jesus, and they may say, you have this, this, and this, and you walk out of there saying, okay, I'm going to you know, go and, and abide by their treatment. What does your Heavenly Father have to say about their diagnosis? What does your Heavenly Father have to say about their treatment plan for you? They're a human being. And I don't know, some of us in here have personal stories, but all of us have a story that we've probably read somewhere where a doctor makes a huge blunder, a huge mistake, and doctors are human beings. There are some doctors that barely pass med school. Let's just be honest. They got a C minus and got their degree, and they're like, Phew. and we go in there and like, what do you have to say, doc? You got to understand that God has given you the ability to connect to Him, to let Him download to you your plan of healing. 
and how he wants you to go about moving forward in whatever that healing is. Tara had a thyroid issue pop up a couple years ago, and she had a little growth, and it was kind of scaring us. And we didn't know kind of what to do. And, and uh, of course, you know, when you Google your symptoms, you're in trouble already because you're dying in six months. I don't care what. You might have a little cold. You are dying. Like, I have all the same symptoms of this weird disease I can't even pronounce. I'm dead in six months. So we're Googling things about the thyroid disease, and it's not good. And all kinds of worries, all kinds of fears pop up. And, and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you just got to, you know, direct us to the right doctor to kind of give us, you know, the, the prognosis here. And I'm praying for this thing that it's called, called a goiter. Some of you have dealt with that. It's pretty common, actually, especially for women. And we didn't know that at that time. It's just, you know, because it was bothering her. So we feel divinely led to this doctor in Santa Monica. I'm praying, and this lady's name popped up on, on the computer search. And then through another source, it popped up again. I'm like, I think the Lord's telling us to go see this doctor in Santa Monica. And so I called this doctor because my wife is pretty freaked out. Now I'm getting freaked out. And, you know, you call a doctor, and a lot of times it's, hey, we'll see you in three months. You're a new patient. We called this doctor, and the nurse is on the phone and says, this is so bizarre, but we actually have an opening tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Ten minutes before you called, somebody canceled. And do you want that appointment? I'm like, yes. I would love that appointment, and I'm going to acknowledge God in this. We go down there, and this nurse, she's a Jewish lady, just amazing, knows her field uh, and is really well-versed with thyroid issues. She went in there and took pictures of the thyroid and looked at it and gave her a diagnosis and told my wife, hey, hey, this is common, but I'm going to keep watching you. We're, we're going to keep watching this. But, you know, we walked out of there with the peace of God, and I acknowledge God that it was him talking to us, directing us to this doctor so that we can walk in the peace that he wants us to walk in because that's important. He doesn't want you walking around a slave to fear that we just sang. He wants you walking in the peace of heaven. And so a lot of times that peace of heaven is going to come when you get into this place of prayer where you start hearing from God and he starts confirming the things that you're supposed to do or not do. My father-in-law attests to this, that the doctors told him to go get a bone marrow biopsy to save him from his leukemia. But God told him in prayer, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. And in this process, he heard God tell him, call these doctors in UCLA. They gave him a clinical trial drug. He was the first human being to take this clinical trial for leukemia. He had doctors on the phone from Switzerland guiding him in the process of taking this drug. Now that drug is approved by FDA, and it's a silver bullet for his kind of leukemia. He's completely been remission, uh, in remission and leukemia-free for the last 20-plus years. Amazing. All because he listened to God. So I know all of us want the divine healing of God. We all want it. We all want that just divine healing, but divine listening is just as important as getting your divine healing. So prayer is huge. We're going to have a moment at the end of service here in a few minutes where if you're struggling with something in your health, we're going to call you up and we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and do some divine healing, but I also want the Holy Spirit to do some divine hearing too. I want you to maybe hear from God and start paying attention as you're praying over things, writing them down and, and, and putting them to use. But the second thing I want to talk about is this proactive care. This is not preached very much at all. That's when uh, I got together with my brother Jade and, and, and he has a podcast that's really awesome talking about fitness and talking about the, the need to really watch what we're 
we're doing to our bodies and, and how we're taking care of our bodies. And you don't hear too many people talking about this, but we in our country are dealing with an epidemic of all kinds of health issues. And most of them, most of them, not all of them, so, so listen to what I'm saying, most of them are preventable. Most of them are. Not all of them. You can't explain the four-year-old that has leukemia or some kind of a cancer. That, that's just one of those things for the brokenness of our world. But there's a lot of things that we're doing and not doing for our bodies that is actually putting our bodies in a position of sickness that God doesn't want us to experience. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul talks about this idea that our body is a temple of God. And I know we can draw out all kinds of teachings from that idea about our body being a temple of God, but, but you have to understand that there are things that God has left us here on this earth that is actually going to help us live a healthy life and a healthy lifestyle. There are foods that we ought to be eating and foods that we ought to be avoiding, uh, liquids that we ought to be drinking and liquids we ought to be avoiding. There are exercise plans and plans of rest that God has put in order. And if we just follow the, the Bible and kind of the guidelines on how to take care of our health, there would be a lot less sickness in our lives. You know, I was asking my doctor the other day, I was doing a physical a couple months ago, and, and I said, you know, you see all these people, he's got a contract with NFL players and all of this stuff. I said, you see patients all the time, and he's got all these articles on his wall. I said, have you found a common denominator with all these diseases that you see popping up in people's lives? This is what he said. He said, I have. I found that obesity is the number one common denominator of all these sicknesses that I handle. Now, I'm not saying obesity, obesity per se is the cause of all of these health issues that, that people are dealing with, but I will say that obesity is not helping you in anything that you're trying to fight off in your life when it comes to health issues. And I, I don't know how to rectify that for you personally because everybody's body is a little different, but I would say this, maybe use this as God's way of talking to you about looking again at your diet, looking again at the things that you're saying yes to, and, and I know it's so easy to go to fast food than you know, it is maybe to you know, cook a meal, and it's so much cheaper to, to buy a processed TV dinner than it is to go to Whole Foods, which I've named Whole Paycheck now, um, because when you eat organic, when you eat all this stuff, it costs a lot more money. And so you're like, I can't afford to eat clean. I can't afford to eat these things. But let me tell you, proactive means that you're doing stuff on the front end to avoid stuff on the back end. That's being proactive. Because I guarantee if a doctor comes in and says you have cancer, you will clean up your diet like this. You will, you will go, oh, what do I need to do to kind of help fight this cancer? You can start fighting cancer now before the diagnosis even comes you know, one out of three Americans will be diagnosed with cancer by the time that they die. One out of three. That is scary. That means if you have more than three in your family, it's coming for your family. My family's already experienced it three times in just my immediate family. So you have to understand that this is real. This isn't something, and everyone has the idea that it's going to happen to somebody else. But in reality, as you get older, your immune system breaks down. It's a part of the process of dying. But you have to understand there are things that God has left us to help us in that process so that we don't have to fight the diseases that everybody else in our culture fights. So proactive care, and it's not just our diet. It's not just what we're eating or not eating or, or, or exercise or sleep. It's also following the commands. 
You know, I was looking at sexual immorality and all the things that are associated to take people's health away when it comes to our sexuality. And really, God has been very clear with us when it comes to our sexuality. He's saying, if you follow my guidelines for sexuality, you're going to avoid a lot of unnecessary physical issues with your health. Now, I'm not one over here to preach and say all of these physical health issues are because, you know, people have decided that they're going to live. No, God has told us in the Bible, don't do this stuff, because what he's saying is that when you do this stuff, I'm your creator, I know it's going to hurt the body that I've created. So avoid these things. Because those things have demonic stuff attached to it that wants to destroy not just you spiritually, but want to destroy you physically. So proactive care, is that, did I preach enough on that? Get to your body before the cancer does and start making changes for you. Right now, I tell you, as a 19-year-old, this is something I heard really clearly, is I heard the Lord say, stop drinking sodas. I didn't have any Google research to back me up on that. That was before the internet was even really up and going, but I just felt this word like stop drinking sodas, and I stopped. I didn't have any reason other than I just felt the Spirit of God tell me to stop drinking sodas. Now, I'm not here to convict you for drinking sodas. I'm just saying for some reason that when God started speaking to me, he said, cut the sodas out, Jim Cruz, and I did, and for whatever reason, that's just helping me. I heard the Lord tell me about a year ago that I'm to be drinking green juice every morning and start having a diet of this uh, where I'm drinking these smoothies every morning with a lot of, with filled with blueberries, organic blueberries, and, and all of these other nutrients that are in the smoothie that I'm having in place of any other breakfast that I was having at the time. And man, I feel so much better just doing that. Number three is perspective, and I got to end with this. There's a perspective, and perspective simply is your way of viewing things that affects your attitude. Your way of seeing something that actually impacts your attitude. And when it comes to God's prescription for your health, there, there's something here that God wants to talk to you about. Because, see, we may not all overcome our health struggle. That health struggle may be there for the rest of our life, but, see, God wants to show us that that health struggle in our life should not be preventing us from reaching to this place where we are to, to be living at, where we can still live out God's purposes and not let that health struggle rob us from doing what God has called us to do. I saw a video on Facebook about a month ago, and it was about a little girl named Kate that uh, struggles with uh, muscular dystrophy. And this little girl impressed the daylights out of me because she has every excuse to just live a life of doing nothing but sitting around because she cannot pick herself up to do anything. But check out this video. What an example of somebody that is no, not overcome by their struggle, but's an overcomer in their struggle. And when it comes to perspective, how you see and how it affects your attitude, here's the thing. There are people struggling a lot worse than you, my friend. Look at Kate. I mean, she's an artist. and God's given her that gift despite her disability. There are things that God wants to do in you despite your health struggle. I look up the Apostle Paul. He said, God, take this away. And Paul, the Apostle Paul heard from God. He heard that divine thing. And Paul said this. He said, God met me in my crying out to him to get rid of this struggle. And God said, hey, Paul, check this out. When you are weak, I am strong. The perspective is there are people that are struggling all around you, and they are crushing it. And you are trying to pick yourself up every day going, I don't know if I could do this. 
the perspective is, if little Kate can paint pictures in her disability, you can pick yourself up and you can be used as a conduit of heaven in whatever health struggle that you're dealing with, and God can do a miracle despite your struggle. And the second perspective is this. We're all checking out. You know what? Jesus healed Lazarus from the dead. But can I tell you something? Lazarus still died. He still checked out. You have a checkout time. I don't know when that is. I don't know when my checkout time is. But the reality is we're not going to be here forever. And every health struggle that we deal with and every health struggle that we face, either within our lives or our family's life, is a reminder that we're temporary residents to this earth. Every funeral that you attend should be your wake-up call to say, I'm not here forever. And every health struggle that comes up into our life is a reminder that our time is short on this earth. And that everything that we deal with on this earth is to prepare us for the life to come, which is heaven. And Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said this, he said, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised for life or to life forevermore. And we who are living will be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Your outward body is dying, and I can't stop that. No prayer will stop that. And maybe your health struggle this morning is here just to simply remind you that you're a passing resident of this place called earth. And God has a place that he's reserved for you in heaven. And he's using this time here on earth to prepare you for that greater place that is going to come for all of us. As I watched my mom die her last breath here on this earth, and I said goodbye to her, I, know, I, I knew it wasn't a goodbye. I knew it was a see you later. I knew it was. Let me tell you, church, I don't know where you're at with God, but I know that your day your final day on this earth can be the best day that's ever happened for your life because that means it's your first day in eternity with God. The Bible says we can't get there without Jesus living in us and forgiving us of all of our sin. And I wanna give you an opportunity as we just close in prayer, we worship. If you need Jesus in your life, if you wanna accept Jesus in your life, I wanna pray for you. And I'm gonna do that in a minute, but I'm just gonna call you guys that I'm not dismissing that God doesn't want to heal you divinely today. And I've been praying for this all week. And so as we worship right now, if you have a health struggle at all going on in your life, I want you to just come up front and we're going to pray for you in a minute. But if a health struggle at all, maybe you're representing a family member. You want to come up here for that family member. I want to invite you to do that. But this is our altar at the golf course right now, all right? So I want you to come up. If there, there's some kind of health struggle that's going on in your life and you're like, you know what, I'm going to pray and I want God, I want, I want to see what God wants to do with me. I want to see what God wants to do in the cell struggle. So as we worship, just come on up and uh, move on up here, and let's just fill this whole front row with all the health struggles that need to be prayed for. Let's all stand. 
Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.